Hello and good evening, and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and the Multicultural Mess. Thank you for joining me once again. Uh, this is the weekend, and, and I hope you're having a great day because it's very hot over here. Uh, but I hope you've had a great weekend and it's not as hot wherever you are. Uh, and at the same time, thank you for taking the time out to join my podcast. So, as promised, we are going to talk about the Aryan invasion or the myth of the Aryan invasion. We have talked about it a lot, but we're going to give you another point of view. I'm going to show you that people look at it from one angle, but we have to look at it from 360 degrees, and that's very, very off, very important. Once you have the 360 degrees, you'll see that this is a joke, an absolute joke. Uh, so let's get down straight to it. So the Aryan invasion or the Indo-European or Indo-Aryan invasion from the north did not really happen. It's a fairy tale to fit the narrative of the politicized academia of the world. The people who invented and drove this Aryan invasion theory come from a feudalistic Abrahamic traditional base of knowledge. A knowledge base which believed the earth was flat and everything living uh, on it is at the same level. What they don't understand is the world is cyclic. The earth is cyclic. They didn't know it back then, they know it now. And therefore, everyone must submit to their authority. So Abrahamic religions are feudal uh, religions and they believe that, you know, their flat earth is their call, their their earth, and God is something specially. And uh, their narrative, their ideology is about flat earth. And um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's why they were given full power to get everyone to submit to them. And they have come up with this narrative of Aryan myth, but it's just feudalism. Okay, The feudalistic flattered knowledge base was the foundation that provided the rhetoric for these invasions. Anytime they did not have an answer for a concept, they spat out invasions. People on the subcontinent who have been nomadic people traveling up and down the equatorial belt settle and form agricultural societies, clans, tribes, kingdoms and empires. There's no doubt, however, that they were at one time people like people everywhere in the world nomadic. So. Until very recently, 100, 200 years ago, we were nomadic. The Indian academia does believe the entire planet was Vedic at one time. So when I say Vedic, I do mean, I do not mean Hindu, I do not mean Indian, I mean people who had the knowledge of astronomy. Sanskrit or a form of Sanskrit was a language that was prevalent all over the planet, at least as far back as we can go. We have no idea what existed prior to our current procession cycles. Um, so a procession cycle is 25,920 years. We are halfway through. Um, and uh, every procession cycle, it's the same currents and waves, just the labels are different. Do you go to the ocean? Do you see the waves changing? Do you see the currents changing? No, it's the same. Uh, it just looks different, but it's the same ocean. So we are the same cosmos. The currents are the same. The cycle, the time cycle changes. We have no idea, like I said, what existed prior to our procession cycle. In ancient Sanskrit, the world is bhugol. Bhu means earth and gol means round or spherical. Another term was jagat. Jagat means in motion. So the earth was always moving or in motion. As the cycles changed, the civilization forgot the cycle, the science. We scattered and forgot our link to each other. We formed groups, 
clans, tribes, empires, and settled where we were. The entire planet belonged to no one and belonged to everyone at the same time. In a way, we all agreed to share the same space and lived in peace with each other. When the planet and the civilization had the knowledge of astronomy, there was dialogue, discussion, debate, knowledge transmitted freely and people were free to be who they were. This concept of having the knowledge of the cosmos and balance brought an enlightenment. This gave us freedom from subservience or attachment to the land and, and, um, and material. This is called Arya or Noble, as in someone who has a knowledge of astronomy. Astronomy as in we understand the cosmic currents and waves that form us up. Knowing astronomy gave us the ability to align and balance our cosmic field in conjunction with our magnetic poles. Hence, one was never turbulent or violent because we knew how to balance the field in conjunction with the geomagnetics of the land. Um, and Aryan, this knowledge came down from private previous procession cycles and have trickled down to us. An Aryan or someone with the knowledge cannot invade, but will always transition. Uh, anyone, some, only someone out of sequence and turbulence invades. A cosmic imbalance is for the entire planet together, not just India or one part. So if the, if the cosmic balance, magnetic balance of this planet has gone out of sync because of a huge massive volcanic eruption, or magnetic eclipse, then it's for the whole planet. It's not just for India. Uh, so our ancestors prior to this procession, current procession cycle had the knowledge of cosmos and astronomy. This gave them the ability to balance their electromagnetic field and avoid turbulence and chaos, thereby meaning making them noble. Thus, we are all descended from a civilization known as Arya at one point of our planet's history. So saying Aryan in an invasion in the same sentence is like holding a placard and saying, I am really ignorant. Try not to tell that to your Abrahamic friends, but what can I say? It is what it is. Unfortunately, losing this knowledge has meant a complete decline into an upside down civilization. If you look at the equatorial belt, that is countries from Western Sahara to Indonesia, we have many characteristics in common. You see swastika symbols inscribed in artwork all over North Africa, in Berber traditions, in Hebrew inscriptions, found among archaeological finds, right up to Thailand and Indonesia and Cambodia. With no boundaries, a tribe engaging in the caravan trade could go from Western Sahara right up to the Far East and back with no problems. They took their customs, stories and traditions as in music and food with them, mixed and intermarried with tribes along the way. If you've eaten an Indian naan before, you will know that it is traditionally made in clay um, ovens in the ground. If you look at the nomadic Berber or tribes of the Sahara, known as the Tuareg, they make bread in relatively the same way on, on, in the earth. The equatorial belt is what we call a Vedic belt. So the Aryan invasion is all hollow hype. The entire belt from Western Sahara to Cambodia, Indonesia was all a Vedic belt. There was no invasion. This was all one type of people. 
Um, there have always been people on the subcontinent, our ancestors that would have mixed with a constant movement of nomadic caravan merchants. When the empires came to be, they just put labels over the people of the subcontinent and began using their human capital as guinea pigs for their highly profitable slave-driven feudal empires. As the astronomical cycles of our planet change, bringing into the current procession cycle, Earth civilization lost the knowledge of astronomy. This meant we lost our knowledge. The lack of knowledge and alignment meant that we were always in turbulence. Violence led to wars and we then slowly lost our freedoms all over the planet. The region along the equator would have stayed nomadic the longest due to the arid desert conditions and difficulty in accessing the land. Around 8000 BC, BCE, the climate changed along the equatorial belt. Okay, so I said the Earth is a precession cycle. Its oscillation changes the spot where the sun hits the Earth. And because of that, the African monsoons also change. Uh, and... Right now, uh, the monsoons, the African monsoons, have gone further down below Nigeria, Niger, and the uh, and North Africa is all desert. So that land also at one time was tropical forest because of the oscillation of the Earth. Uh, the sun hits the 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 spot which is now the what is called the, the Arabian or North African belt, and that entire belt went desert within 200 to 300 years around. 8,000 BCE, or should I say 8,000 years ago. People who went from living in tropical forests to desert lands dispersed. The equatorial belt along Africa and Middle East broke down into Semitic clans, tribes as well as Aramaic and Abrahamic kingdoms. Empires and, for and forgot our connection to each other. So we were all the same at one point. We were nomadic people going north, south, east, west. The entire belt from Western Sahara all the way to Indonesia was the same Vedic belt. And we shared the same knowledge. It was, uh, it was an um, Vedic belt, same knowledge, same traditions, nomadic people. And then it went into a desert about 8,000 years ago. So the moment it goes desert, all the people are dispersed. Um, the time gap between the different geomagnetic cycles became shorter, uh, shorter at latitude zero. So around the equatorial belt, we are all cyclic. So at time, the geomagnetic cycles are different. Um, um, are much shorter at the at the at the level at level zero compared to if you go up north. So if you go up north, the, the cycles are, are bigger and there's more time between the cycles. But at the latitude zero, the turbulence is the the t cycles are the shortest. So it's like a short haul flight. You go domestic flight. You take a flight. You go from from uh, Bombay to uh, Gujarat, and it's what an hour's time before you go up into the air. You're ready to come down. So that's what it is. At latitude zero, so the turbulence, the people who did not understand geomagnetic cycles, the astronomy of our um, of who we are, um, led to turbulence, violence uh, in the regions and in these regions along the equatorial belt, and never ceased. They never did find the ability to gain back their knowledge and connect the dots. A very important point I would like to bring about is that has never spoken before is the falling. Or should I say, I've spoken briefly about it in the previous chapter. 
We, the species of flora and fauna on the planet are the cosmos. We are the cosmos. Our metaphysical cycle flows as the cosmos flows. That means we move and travel in orbits. If you look at a meteorological map, you will see an isothermal map on the screen. Basically, you see circles or vortexes. Human beings follow the same pattern. We, uh, species of life, follow the same pattern. We move in orbits. Then we migrate from one region to another, and we assimilate in the land in, in a tapestry of layers. So as, as, as the waves come layer upon layer upon layer, we assimilate into this land, and, to the, and, and we come to the, to the land as currents and waves, integrating layer upon layer upon layer at a time. Every land on the planet is the same when it comes to migration of flora and fauna. Thus, we say the species of life on the planet is a migratory species. When it comes to the Indian subcontinent, she is known as the land of refugees, a land with everything to offer. That is why Christopher Columbus landed in America. He thought he landed in India, and he called the natives Indian. Um, now, if you understand, if you look at the map of the equatorial belt from the Sahara to Indonesia, if you open Google while we're talking, or put this podcast on hold, uh, log on to Google and, and type, you know, the map of the world of the equatorial uh, zone, of plan- um, zone of the planet, um, you will see uh, what I'm talking about right from... from um, Western Sahara, all the way to India, that's all desert. The first land, the first piece of land that is agricultural or green or forest is India. India is the first land after this entire region going desert. India is the first land. So if they have to flee somewhere, where are they going to flee? The easiest place to flee is the Indian subcontinent. Okay, Uh, There's food, there's water, there's medicine everything now if you go up north the problem is if you go up north from here to to if they fled uh, in different directions they fled up to europe europe is cold so it's difficult you go down south you go to africa africa you have to go through the desert the sahara desert which is difficult the easiest way is the indian subcontinent so everyone would have their currents and waves would have brought them along the shores of the indian subcontinent and the indian subcontinent accepted them as as refugees and all our ancestors at one point would have joined the civilization and became Hindic um, through our ancestors who came here somewhere up the line 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 years ago as refugees. The subcontinent has been crossroads for civilization for thousands of years. She's welcomed refugees, slaves for thousands of years, runaways and migrant workers. The force of her knowledge was enough to absorb all the refugees of the region, planet if any. Ever since the last procession cycle, when our cycle has been on a descent, this land called Bharat has been welcoming refugees as well as many species of life on the planet. Given the arid desert climate to the west in in the Arabian desert and the Sahara, not forgetting the central the deserts of Central Asia, the ancient land of Bharat came to be the savior of the entire region. With her riches, agriculture, water, river, mountains, and natural resources, she took in refugees from all the natural calamities of the Middle East. Uh, Climate change, as well as slaves who escaped from uh, different empires and the genocides of, of the Middle East. Okay, so 
everyone fleeing, you, when an explosion happens, uh, a volcanic eruption happens, uh, a micro explosion happens, you go in 360 degrees, whichever way you can go. Just like today, you see a, a war somewhere and you have, you have people fleeing all directions. The easiest directions easiest direction would be uh, going westwards, or should I say going eastwards towards the Indian subcontinent because it was the land of plenty. Every orbital, or, orbital cycle brought in thousands and thousands of refugees looking for a place to rest their weary head. Then they came to the land we call Bharat for hope and in search for that second chance. That dignity of human life that respite from slavery. She, Bharat, healed their wounds, gave them knowledge to empower themselves, resurrected that beleaguered, those beleaguered lives and carry, helped them carry on their journey or stay and be one of her currents. As they passed through multiple layers of tapestry that formed the subcontinent, they learned from her ancient knowledge given by her Vedas, the last bastion of hope and freedom, descended from the ancient world, the land of the free, a land where you could embrace who you were and align with the currents to form the free-flowing waves. However, she took in too many refugees too fast. By the time these refugees had a chance to settle down, they formed communities, clans, groups, and recreated the, their lives in their new homeland of Bharat in the image of the lands they left behind. Now, when you, when you go to a new land, if you're an immigrant, you go to a new land, or even if you immigrate from one from one state to another in your own country, um, internally, it takes time to settle down. You will bring your mentality, your mentality will stay, and you'll be there for generations. And you 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 you'll recreate this land in the in the image of the lands you get uh, left behind. So imagine all these immigrants going all over the world. You think they they change tomorrow? No, they recreate the land. They will recreate their their civilization. You see Muslims all over the go world go and they want to recreate their Islamic civilization. Europeans go, they recreate their civilization in Australia, in North America. Indians go, they want to recreate. Everyone has to recreate because it takes a long time to change, to offload for fear, for a whole lot of things, a um, whole lot of reasons. So we recreate our mentalities. We don't change. We change the label, but we don't change the mentality. It takes hundreds of years to change a mentality, 72 years for one degree only. So as this desert area became, this Middle East became desert, the tribes then fled into neighboring areas and they all offloaded on the Indian subcontinent, which was the first land of, of that land which remained tropical after the Middle Eastern desert. So it was it became now their homeland. And they reconstructed this this area in the image of the lands they left behind. And over time uh, as this area remained desert, they developed new mentalities, tribes and feudalism and feudal tribes and all of these tribes then after became, um, still started coming to the Indian subcontinent because they had no other place to go. These groups became bigger and bigger as more and more refugees came in using the resources of the Indian subcontinent and not integrating into her currents. They lived their lives on the fringes of society. The more the ethnic balance on the ground changed in the favor, the more power they had and the forceful they became. They imposed themselves on the land, on the people of the land who welcomed them and who had already assimilated. The locals and earlier generations of 
of society who were simulating were too accommodating, as we call it today, appeasement. Remember that word? It's not started today. It started thousands of years ago. They came, they gave them too much of space and then bent over backwards. Thus, in the bargain, they let go of their dignity to accommodate new refugees and thereby becoming slaves to the newcomers. Where have we heard of that before? This is exactly what we are doing today. We haven't changed and it's time to change. To transmit their ancient knowledge, the locals would have developed parables to explain the ancient signs of the layers of newcomer who came to the land with the various orbital cycles of our cosmic climate. These parables became rituals. The generation of locals and those who assimilated became known as ritualistic in their approach in order to transmit and later protect their ancient knowledge. As the locals began losing out of the influx of migrants, these rituals became institutionalized. These institutions then caused friction, which, in normal, which is normal when you have groups fighting for control of their wealth, their land, their human capital, all to grab it all for security and power. In the end, you will get a scramble for power, which is exactly what happened. They formed clans, tribes, kingdoms, empires, religions, and now we have countries. While we don't have the knowledge of every group or individual that came to the land called Bharat, we know that the migrations and invasions do not happen in a vacuum. We know that the migra uh, sorry, one never goes to another land for love and fresh air, but to gain from the host in knowledge, resources, economics which the migrant lacks so mostly you're going to another country every time should i say you go to another country it's because you're lacking something you don't go to help that country you need help to gain from its resources such as food water education and security all of which goes into the scarcity because of climatic changes, geological, geographical catastrophes, uh, break in the human chain and the food chain. This leads to a scramble for a few resources left over, war, conflict, and genocides. This leads to further migrations, refugees, and slavery. So that's how the cycle works, cycle after cycle after cycle. Now, one of the reasons for this was the climate of the Middle East, uh, which had changed demographics and economics of this region. We have spoken about this before, and I will will just touch up on this again. The only food source when this land became desert was animals. Plant life had all but disappeared, and the knowledge with it. Uh, the necessity of killing animals for food became their culture and ideology. These nomadic people would always end up on the subcontinent, travel through the Far East. Their new culture, food habits, became the culture of inhabitants of the subcontinent for generations to come. While today Hindu means a religion and ideology, it is not, uh, and it never was. Uh, back in the in the second and the first millennium BC, for much, and for much of the first millennium, it meant any person who was living on the Indian subcontinent. So the continent was called Al-Hind, and uh, Hind, Hindustan, um, and anyone living there, any tribe became of Hindustan, a Hindustani tribe. It did not mean any religion, and it still did not mean any religion until we had the Abrahamic invasions, and the last of which were the Europeans. Um, there was no my country, your country, neither was there anyone, anything called passports. As we have forgotten in the past, 
modern historians write history from our point of view, uh, not understanding the chain of events that took place. This all because our history and currents that form our waves. However, it is important to relate history in the sequence of the events that happened to balance our knowledge. So we need to understand the currents that form our waves, the chain of knowledge that happened of events to understand the, the knowledge. So on the Indian subcontinent, we know that while with the drying up of the Saraswati River in 2200 uh, BCE to 1900 BCE, there was a migration of people in all directions to escape climate change. So along the Indus Valley civilization, the Saraswati dried up. We moved uh, westwards uh, to, to go to another um, uh, water area. A river delta. And the only other two river deltas were uh, the, the Mesopotamian river delta, which is today Iraq, and the Nile river delta, which is Egypt. Uh, however, the important event that brought about the migration in the opposite direction, that means from the Middle East towards the Indian subcontinent, uh, was the Minonian eruption of Tira, a Greek island in the Aegean Sea called Santorini. So the the, Minun, the eruption of Santorini, Greece, is what it's called. The island of Tira sits on two fault lines, the Kamini fault line and the Colombo fault line. Today it's referred to at times as the Santorini volcanic eruption of the second millennium BCE, somewhere between 1642 and 1540 BCE. This eruption is said to have been multiple times stronger than the 180 the, the 1883 AD volcanic eruption at Karakota in Indonesia, causing massive devastation along the fault line below the volcano. This meant the, the regions around were virtually covered with ash, while the agricultural, human, and animal patterns and chains were devastated. This devastation occurred around the islands of the Aegean Sea, Egypt, the Sinai, the Levant, and the surrounding areas of southern Europe. In such a scenario, the only water delta and agricultural basin beyond the area of devastation was the Indus Valley Civilization. So from the Nile River Delta to the Mesopotamian Delta, uh, this entire region, which is now uh, southern Mediterranean, was all devastated by this volcanic eruption called the Santorini Volcanic Eruption. Uh, Modern-day Greece. Um, the area around the Levant, the Sinai, was inhabited mostly by Aramaic or Aramaya tribes speaking and Semitic, they are Semitic speaking people. So Aramaic, which is a language and which is a language of a people, or in their language, it's called Aramaya. A Semitic language group, some of whom went to, on to form the Hebrew kingdom of Israel and formerly Canaan. Some moved to the Indian subcontinent, or which is now Bharat. The, this migration of people during this time, a little before and after, is a time given by the Abrahamic establishments to control the rhetoric along with the local Indian bobblehead alliances on the ground for the Aryan invasion. So when they say Aryan invasion, what time period they're talking about? They're talking about this time period from 1642 to 15, uh, 1642 BCE, around that time, um, and we have to look at the place from where these people came. So if they came from the Middle East, if they came from the Aryan lands of what is today Iran, Iraq, Iran, 
what happened there that they came? No one comes for love and friendship. They come, they come because they want something. They, they are lacking in something. And what happened there was a volcanic eruption in this area, de devastating the entire region. These people were mostly Aramaic, Aramaya people around the region, not all of them. This migration of people during this period or little before and after is the time given by these Abrahamic uh, establishments. This was an Aramaya or Aramaic migration. It was not an Aryan migration nor an Aryan invasion. A people who were destitute, broken, enslaved and refugees. They had next to nothing in knowledge or ideology to carry themselves. They were not Iranian or proto-Iranian. These people were given a home by the inhabitants of the Indian subcontinent, a place to, to rebuild their lives. And so Hence, there's no way that they bought the Vedas to us. It was the reverse. Try telling that to the Abrahamic religions. All because of God. Their God started creation a little less than 6,000 years ago. So everyone in, so they destroyed everyone else. And so they branded the Indian subcontinent uh, as Aryan invaders, but only to camouflage themselves. What they didn't understand, a volcanic eruption is a volcanic eruption and people Will, will migrate as refugees all over the planet, just like they're still doing today. And one of those places in the ancient world was the Indian subcontinent. While there were, would have been many Aramaic waves of migration around different climatic and geological events of the area of the Levant, a percentage of people would have assimilated into local lands with her Vedic descendants of pre previous procession cycles and used her ancient knowledge to rejuvenate themselves. The assimilation of people, languages, groups and styles from what is known as the Prakrit script, which developed in the, the, into the Brahmi script, Earlier dated Brahmi script was also noted on the Ashoka pillar of 250 BCE. The script was formed as a synthesis of Sanskrit and Aramaic. It ultimately gave way to the language of Hindi, which is one of the main languages of India, one of the two official languages of the Indian government. This script also tells a story and a journey which says that all of modern-day South Asian people are a tapestry of layers formed by, by descendants of various ancient Vedic people, Aramaic people from the Middle East. All at one time was the same belt, but it, it got divided into different groups, Semitic groups, for the same reason uh, because of climate change. As, some, as always, some migrants will mix and assimilate effortlessly and some will with effort, while some will stay on the fringes of society out of fear, shame, ignorance, pain, fatigue and trauma. These people form groups and are used subsequently by others to run an agenda. Just like today, those people who are looking to maintain power on the inside and those who are looking for uh, on the outside to get in. This is to recreate the power structure that they had on the, in their native lands, meaning they will try and maintain their labels, boxes, and ethnic communities. The longer they hold on to their previous labels, the longer they held on to the hope of reconstructing their empires in their new homeland, at the expense of the people who welcomed them. They forgot to say thank you for that second chance. They forgot to appreciate the ancient knowledge of her, of our ancestors, as well as appreciate the work the ancestors of the land, um, of those 
who walked on her soil created in sacrifice for her to come along. They preferred to hold their noses in the air and pretend to be holier than thou. As a result of which, these migrants from foreign lands never integrated fully into the currents and waves produced by high and low tides. Instead, they produced tsunamis and war and terror. And that is what you got as the invaders, the Abrahamic invaders. <laughs> Um, when migrants and communities come to a land uh, and disrupt the civilization on the ground by imposing their own feudalism, they are called invaders. When migrants and refugees go to a land and align with the existing civilization, they become one and eventually become native. There have been many invading armies that have invaded the Indian subcontinent over thousands of millennia. The most recent one has been the one and only true feudal religions and colonial empires of Abraham. All blamed on the Hindu or that of the previous generations that assimilated. Their goal was to dislodge the generations of local who came from them, from, came before them, only to take over. Their anger towards the Hindu, the Vedic people who lived on this land, was reminiscent of the ignorance of their own trauma inherited from the past struggle of the empires they left behind. Their, um, their anger was institutionalized and still carries on till today under different Abrahamic labels. Hunger for power and land blinded them even though they were the ones with the begging bowl asking for a second chance. There were some groups who would have come and assimilated, contributed to a new homeland, but at the same time they kept their ancient labels. As a result, every time the cycle turn, they still remain on the outskirts of fringes of society and slowly crumble or faded away on the inside. Imagine a merry-go-round. Instead of jumping on a horse and joining, enjoying the ride, you stand exactly at the outer ring of the horses uh, and refuse to move. So then as the horses pass you by, each horse hits you and you are in its way. You never move and insist that you decide how every horse should move and go around. Even if someone offers you a hand to lift you up on the horse. You refuse at it as you insist on keeping your baggage accumulated from the previous merry-go-round. Ride after ride, you get hit, eventually crumble or leave. These people, these are the people who migrate from one region to another, remaining and remain in their minority boxes without assimilating and integrating. People who, however, still want to benefit the benefits of a synthesized society and insist that the majority have to submit to them. Instead of the reverse, go figure. Around the world, one will see the same phenomenon. There was a time, however, when the planet did not have labels nor clans. The problem never arose. As these people stayed on the fringes of society, generation upon generation, they got used by clans, empires who use them as a stepping stone to power. Alliances were formed with fear and shame to keep them on a plantation. They became corrosive, repressive, feudalistic, with the sole aim of taking over the subcontinent, that of our Vedic ancestors. The various factions of Aramaic-speaking people who did not assimilate and integrate became a force to be reckoned with. At one time, they would have become the power brokers and renamed cities and towns and villages, as well as control the commerce around the, the subcontinent. With everything, the cycle changed and the power waned and they became the hunted instead of the hunters. Um, so basically, we are looking at people who left their native lands, were called Aramaic or Aramaya, and these lands then... Um, 
these lands, these people fled um, a volcanic eruption in the Middle East. Okay. Uh, I have spoken how the Middle East at the Levant is sitting on a fault line that goes right up from, from Greece, southern Mediterranean, right down to the to uh, right down below to the Sinai Desert, and it is a very seismic zone. So every time there is a volcanic eruption or, or friction at the tectonic plates, we've got a problem. And as a result of which, you've got a, a break in civil society and the people move everywhere as refugees and seek help elsewhere. During the time given for volcanic, for the Aryan invasion, this these people, these people who were fleeing um, a volcanic eruption in Greece in 1642, known as the Santorini Volcanic Eruption in Greece. Um, they were called Aramaic, Aramaic or Aramaya, and that Aramaya then became Aryan. So we're looking at refugees, we're not looking at invaders. And no one has looked at this angle. Uh, they've just looked at, 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 the, at the angle of blaming the Vedic people, the Hindic people, say, oh, you're the invaders, you're the uh, Aryan invaders, and you invaded the land, you have no right to tell us what to do. It's not true. Uh, having said that, this entire belt was once a uh, Vedic belt. So all the people here at one time, even the Semitic people, we were all one with the same brand. And so this uh, Aryan invasion theory is absolutely, you know, ignorant as ignorant can come, but it is what it is. And I, I hope you can look at it from another level. Um, it is my point of view. And uh, you can Google it, research it if you'd like. And... Until then, I wish you a great uh, evening. Uh, I hope you have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.